Hey, Jim, what you doing? Making a podcast. Want to join me? You bet. Welcome to the Live It Well podcast, where we hope our stories help you better understand yours. Well, good morning, Jamie. Good morning. Uh, I have a question for you. Do I have good taste in music? Oh, my word. These questions. Um, yes, sometimes. Oh, okay. Yes, sometimes. <laughs> what makes the sometimes? Well, I don't like your screamo. I don't know what it's even called. Screamo <laughs> punk rock <laughs> junk. But... Your country, your pop. I don't even know what the genres are, but, you know, that kind of stuff on point. And also some of your, the worship stuff that you like. So what is a music group or person that I like that you like? I mean, besides Kanye West, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, I don't know. This, you put me on the spot here. No, I don't that's know. The point. I don't know bands. I don't know. That's all right. Matt Carney. Matt Carney. Wow, you were going back away. That's an old that's one. Great. I don't know. Who you know, did you we bought just me go? the Ren Matt. Collective. Yeah, we just went and saw that. Um, you know, you bought me a Matt Carney CD, the Father's Day before Veda turned two. So that was thirteen years ago. Wow. Okay. More recent. Sam Hunt is a favorite of. Okay. Kind uh, of our family. Our family likes. It. We took our daughter to go see. Sam Hunt for her birthday last year, which is awesome. Okay, so the the most important part, though, is I have amazing, fantastic, great taste in music. Pink Floyd, Rolling Stones, blah. Boom. Wow. Eesh. You're kind of stamping on classics right now. Sorry. That's not good. It's bad. Bad news. So I have a couple stories I want to tell you really quick, Jim. One is I did something today I've never done before, which is I set an alarm to make sure I got up to mow the lawn. And I know we've talked about the lawn a lot, but... So if you ever have those moments where you're just glad there's not cameras around, about 90% of the way done with the lawn, I know I need to add some gas. So I go get the gas can and I walk out to the back of the yard and I grab the gas can and I'm getting ready to do it and put it in there. And the nozzle is like kind of being stupid and so I'm kind of tipping it and it's, it's just kind of a whole thing. And then I got gas all over myself and all over the lawnmower. And I just felt like it was one of those moments where it would have been really good if we just had cameras everywhere and we could have looked at what an idiot I am. Where are the clothes that are full of gas right now? Well, I'm wearing them right now. Can't you smell it? You're wearing them? Yeah. It mostly got all over my arms. No, I thought you went, I thought you took a shower before we did this. No, I like finished mowing the lawn like five minutes ago. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, and then this other story, and I told you, I kind of told you this a little bit, but so last minute, I played in a golf tournament on Monday this week, and it was for a children's charity, really cool organization, and they did a lot of fundraising. It's awesome. Probably raised $150,000 that day um, to help kids specifically on the medical side and do some really cool things. So my buddy John invited me to play, and I've known John for three or four or five years, something like that, and we play golf together. Super great guy. And he had a kidney transplant probably like two years after I did. So we've been kidney transplant friends. I mean, we, I walked through this with him, and uh, it was kind of just an encourager in, in the process for him and all that. So get this. In our foursome for this golf tournament, John and I both received a kidney transplant. The third player in our team was the guy who gave John a kidney, meaning now he has just one working kidney. And then Jim, who played with us as well, had donated a kidney to a friend of his. So in our group of eight, you know, our group of four people, 
There normally would be eight working kidneys, and in our group, there was four. Look at you guys. I know. Superheroes. And we shot 11 under, which I'm sure wasn't anywhere close to the top, but I was proud of our 11 under. Not very many people know what that means. I think much more than you think. You don't have any idea what 11 under means? No. I mean, like, take a guess. (laughs) No, I don't know. Just just try. Just give an assumption of what that might mean. (laughs) I mean, I know what it means, but... I think most people don't. And that's what does it mean, speak. Jamie? It means it's 11 under how many you're supposed to hit. Good job. 11 under par. That's fantastic. Yep. What, a great, mm. what a great explanation. So we had a big milestone in our life this week. Would you like to tell everybody what it was? Huge milestone. Huge. 19 years. We've been married for 19 years, guys. 19 years. Uh, and some said it wouldn't last 19 days. Look at us here. Some said. <laughs> the most unlikely couple. So when you think about our marriage... 19 years that we've been doing this. What's some of the highlights? What's some of the things you're most proud of? What's something that you found most interesting? What's a story you want to tell that it kind of encapsulates the last 19 years? Well, I don't know if it encapsulates the last 19 years, but I think um, my favorite thing is that we are always willing to... Well, we, I am always willing to step out and try new things. And I usually drag Scott along with me. So that's been one of my favorite things about, about our marriage and just the adventure we've been on. We've adopted and moved across the country and there's just been a lot of different things. We've helped plant several different churches and launch new campuses for churches. And we love the local church and just love the new adventure that that brings and yeah, so I think just the the willingness to step out and try new things. Like, I didn't want to be the people that lived in the same place their whole lives or did the same thing their whole life, and so we've gotten to do a lot of fun things. Let's get into a couple of those things a little bit. So you mentioned a few big ones, um, and I think in the future we'll take an episode and we'll just dedicate it to adoption and talk through that process. But what about us moving to Phoenix? Talk about the process that got us there. Talk a little bit about the journey we were on. Maybe the timeline of how everything happened? Yeah, so, well, I don't even know. I'm not sure what you're referring to. But um, the, I think we, so we met our daughter who we adopted in September of 2014, 2013. And then um, we moved to Phoenix. She was in our home within six weeks, and we moved to Phoenix within three months of that. So that was kind of a whirlwind, but, um, I was struggling pretty significantly with some seasonal depression. And so I don't really struggle with depression. Anxiety is more my, (laughs) my (laughs) go-to mental illness. Um, but I, so depression hasn't really ever been a, a struggle for me. It's not like I can't get out of bed. I mean, I've always been pretty happy with our life. It's just that anxiety is a part of it for me. But, um, so anyways, I was struggling with some seasonal depression and actually it's for just, years. I mean, this wasn't like one season. Yeah. And I think it also had some to do with having babies. There's kind of a postpartum, you know, years and our kids were four and five, but, or five and six, but, um, then we adopted and some of that can even happen with adoption. And so I think that was an element to it, to it, to just, um, the postpartum piece. But anyways, I was dealing with some depression and it got significantly worse in 
the winter time, but then in the summer I seem to be able to function and be fine. So um, we pursued just like a sunnier place. And honestly, when we put it out there, Phoenix was not where we necessarily wanted to go, but it's where we ended up. And it was just a huge step of faith, I think, for both of us to, you know, leave everything we'd ever known and all the things that we had built here, the life that we had built in the, um, you know, we had been in our church for over 20 years. And so those were, that was our family. And so we picked up and left and yeah, it was just crazy. I don't know if you want to share about like the work stuff, how it came about. Cause it's, it's actually really hard for you to transfer. Yeah, it can be. We, so Jamie and I started having this conversation, I mean, really the year we got married and so we got married in 2004, and every winter from there on was a challenge for you, and I think it escalated. And so at first you're like, hey, it wouldn't be bad if we did this. And then I was like, after a few years, I was like, you know, we probably should think about some things. And then it was, you know, you bought those big, like, fake lights, and you did all the things. And then it just had continued to get worse. And so we decided, well, let's, let's at least check in with the company and see what our options are. And so we talked to... I guess, I mean, the closest thing I probably had to a boss and said, hey, I'd like to consider some other locations. And they said, well, you can't just say I'm open to wherever. You have to pick somewhere. So we went through and evaluated everywhere what made sense. We looked at how much sun. We looked at cost of living. We looked at a million things. And we had, I don't even know how we ended up with Phoenix. Do you know? Well, I was going to say, I think... um the funny thing is, is when we started looking at like how how much sun is in certain places, Minnesota is actually a really sunny state. It is. Like on the scale of, especially in the north, on the scale of whatever, whoever, you know, whatever the scale is, Minnesota is sunny like 180 days a year or something like that. And that's significantly high. Um, especially like sunny like 12 days a year. Especially I mean, for the north or Seattle. I mean, there are right. just places that, are just not sunny. And Minnesota, even in the winter, we get a lot of sun. So, but we were looking for more sun. And so I think, I mean, I wanted to go to the beach. Let's be honest. Everyone wants to live near or at the beach. But Scott ruled out Florida real quick because he has lived there and was not moving back there. So, well, I don't think we would have been happy there either. It was kind of a bigger picture, but anyway, who knows? So we looked at, I think Texas was the other one financially. It was just like a, you know, taxes aren't quite as much there. Things like that. Cost of living was a little bit lower than here. Um, it's very expensive to live in Minnesota. So yeah, I think it was just a, a, you know, a conglomerate of all the things we had to consider in order to move and yeah, so we put Phoenix out there, and I think... I think we might have even said Arizona. Yeah, we I did. we might have picked I think a we bigger were... content. Because we wanted to be in northern Arizona. Like staff. That's right. Yeah. Which is funny. I don't think we would have survived there very long, but... Well, it would have been like here. Yeah. Like, it well, snows. It snows, but it doesn't snow that much there. No? I mean, it snows in the mountains, but where you live in Flagstaff doesn't oh, get it. that's true. It's different from year to year, but... Anyway, so we put Phoenix out there. We put Arizona out there, I guess. And then within... Uh, two weeks? If that, two weeks, there was, there was an office available. And gosh, I think within, you know, eight weeks after that, we flew together there. Oh, I think it was like the next week we flew out there. We had to make a decision. And we had before, I'd never been to Arizona. Scott had been there for some work trainings um, and his grandmother lived there. So he had been there a few times. 
I had never been there. So we basically had to 99% say we're moving here without me ever like touching my feet on the ground there. So we flew there and we house hunted and signed a lease. And I came home to, you know, a brand new baby and two other kids and Scott stayed. And it's January. Yeah. And it's snowing and all those fun things. And it was a horrible winter. So I came back and packed up our house by myself, three kids. Scott's mom was a huge help. She stayed with me for a few days and helped me pack and helped with the kids. And we moved across the country. It was wild. It's wild to think about now that we just, it it just all happened so fast. So it, it felt like a God thing. So we drive and it takes us like, we take three days to get down there. I remember uh, you said, hey, I, I think we initially were like, well, because I don't, probably don't want to spend money. I was like, well, we could do it like one overnight. Probably didn't yeah. want to spend money. And then maybe we got to like two. And then it, by the time it was all said and done, I think we finally figured it out. We're like, well, let's do three overnights. And I was like, well, if we're going to do three overnights, I want to be able to watch the Super Bowl because one of the overnights was Sunday night. And it was the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos Super Bowl. And... Seattle won by 7,000 points and it was over like 10 seconds into it. And so me and the kids played in the arcade and swam in the pool and we had, it was in that really gross hotel. Do you remember that thing? Yeah, it's like the Route 66 casino or something. And you could still smoke inside everywhere at that place. Oh, you picked it too. I'm not taking any credit for that. I picked it for the arcade. That's true. Uh, And location. So I love that we moved to Phoenix too. And then uh, one of the other things we did after we moved to Phoenix is five years later, we moved back to Minnesota. And that was an adventure too. And I think sometimes, I think making a big decision is one thing. I think being able to do a big decision again, make a pretty significant life change is another, is, is even another step. And I'm proud of us for moving back to Minnesota and that process. And uh, that came about relatively quickly as well. I commuted to work in Phoenix for a little while while we lived up here. We did some, some really interesting things, but we did move to a completely new area for us as adults. We moved where I grew up, but hadn't been back in 20-some years. So what was it like moving back to Minnesota? I mean, for me, it felt like coming home. So we kinda... Even here, did, did Rochester still feel like coming home? Yeah, I mean, it's the people, it's the culture, it's the pace, it's like what we just talk about. You know, it's just like, a, it's just home. It's home here. Rochester still doesn't really feel like home to me. Like, I feel like someday, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what our future holds. I feel like someday we'll live in the cities. The cities feels like home to me. That's where I grew up. Minneapolis, St. Paul area is like, that's, that's, yeah, where I am from. And so to me, anytime I'm up there, I feel like I'm home. And a lot of our marriage was lived there. And yes, I mean, that's the only place I knew. So Rochester, like, has, a, a, you know, it has some, like, I, this is our home. This is where we live. But like when I feel like I go home, home, it's, I would say it's still in the cities. Maybe that'll change someday. We've only been in Rochester for four years, but, um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> that a girl. Uh, you can edit that out. Oh no, I'm leaving it. So when we, one of the things I remember being really aware of was like, it's like a really high percent. It's like 90 some percent of people live like 20 miles from where they grew up. It's like a really high percentage. And so I remember being really excited that we were going to move across the country. We were taking a risk and trying something out. And then moving back to the town I grew up in was a weird decision. But I really didn't want to be in the, I didn't want to be in a big city. I wanted to be in a 
small medium city. I don't know what you call this. It's 120,000 people or whatever it is, plus some surrounding areas. Proximity to Target was always something we talked about. Like that's how you could kind of tell the size of a town was how close it was to a Target or how many Targets or that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I really like the pace here. I like the. I feel fortunate that we live in a town like this. Yeah, I was going to, I was, remember what I was going to say. I was going to say that I was really homesick in Phoenix, like the entire time we were there. I, I never acclimated to the culture there. And, um, and even now when we go back, I'm like, it's even, I feel like it's even worse now. It's even less, not worse, like it's a bad place to live, but it's, um, like the culture has shifted even more since we left. And it, it feels like almost like a small, like LA, like everyone's moving from California to different places because it's so expensive to live in California. Most people can't keep up with the pace there. And, and then people are retiring. So when they retire, they leave California because it's just, it's expensive. And so it feels like the culture has shifted there even more when we go back, but it just, it's just different. It's different parts of the country have a different culture and I was homesick all the time. So coming back to Minnesota, just even like the green trees, like Rochester has so many trees. It's absolutely wild to me. Like the, the rolling hills of trees. And it's even more so in Winona where you, where Scott works, like just the amount of green things everywhere is crazy. And I miss that in the desert. I, I, um, I love the mountains. I loved, we lived right at the base of the white tank mountains and I absolutely loved being in the mountains, but I just missed the, like, even just the landscape, like when you look around, it just, this is home. And, um, yeah, being in Rochester, it's funny. I was, I was also just thinking, laughing because Scott just a couple, he doesn't say always or never, but a couple of times he has. And it seems like when he does it, ha- that happens in our life. And so he said he would never live in Phoenix when he was doing his trainings. In August one year. In yeah. August, yeah. No one wants to live in Phoenix in August, really, even the people who love it there. Um, so he said, I'll never live in Phoenix, and we moved to Phoenix. And then he also swore he would never move back to Rochester. And here we are. We are gone long enough that it made it really fun to come back. Uh, like, it's, it's enough familiar, but enough different. And we have some really fun, like, I think we have, we've talked about this, we have a disproportionate number of really good restaurants for a town this size because of Mayo Clinic and some other things like that. We have a disproportionate number of coffee shops. We have a disproportionate number, like in a good way. We have a lot of really good things because, but we get the benefits of living in kind of a small town. So I like that. Um, we have, we have moved a lot in 19 years and I'm not going to count them because I think that'd be really boring, but it's a lot. I think it's like 14. I have counted. Okay. So, so we've lived our first, so we rented an apartment we first got married and then we were right next to the pool and it was insanely loud. So then we moved to another apartment in the same building. Did you count that near 14? Um, we have owned a few different houses. We have rented a lot of different places. We've done a lot of different things. Um, from just a house standpoint, which house did you like most? Wow. Um, I, I love the house that we built in Phoenix and I probably love this one equally. I, I really just, I think no matter where we go, I make it home. So every house yeah. has been special and every house has had, like I cry every time we move. Even when you want to move. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm the one who always wants to move. I'm ready to move right now. I'm always ready to move. I just, I just enjoy the change. I enjoy the process, the organization, the getting rid of junk. Like I just love the moving process. 
But yeah, so every home has been really special. There's been things I've loved about certain homes and things I, you know, don't love about our homes too. Sure. But there's, yeah. So I think every home holds something special. I was talking to your brother this morning and he said, uh, he, we were just talking and he, he goes, so do you think you'll stay in your house for the foreseeable future? And I thought that was a great question because that's not a question to ask everybody, but it's probably a good question to ask us. You know what house I really loved? Do you remember the first house we bought in Phoenix? I loved yes. that house. That like great house. the way it was laid out. So um, Phoenix in like, I don't know, 2007 or six and all that stuff when like the housing crisis or the housing boom was going crazy. They figured out ways to get more houses in small spaces. And we had this super tiny yard and a super tiny, and we had fake grass, like uh, synthetic grass. And I loved that. It looked nice all year round. And then, but they had like these, they were kind of like row homes, but they weren't really fully connected, but they're sort of, but I love the layout of that house. I love the way it was set up. I loved all the bedrooms in one row. Uh, I love, we had guest space in that house. We had little mini palm trees in our front yard, which is really fun for Minnesota girl. And they were ground lit, which is really, like really beautiful. I loved that house. Um, and I liked all our other houses too. You know what other house I really liked? Do you remember the one that we rented on, is it Whitney? Whitney. Mm-hmm. Oh, so we rented we a that house. house. That house was nasty oh, and we both loved I it. I loved it. So we had friends that had, uh, it was, I think it was her dad's house or something. And they, he, he had, he wasn't living there anymore and they still had a pool. So they kept it in the family and they like rented it out and they had a few months open between when we sold our house and we were going to do something else or whatever. And this house had 50-year-old carpet. Like sh- orange shag carpet. And it just, it remember it broke our vacuum cleaner? Yeah, it was disgusting, you guys. It was and disgusting. I just loved that house. I loved that neighborhood. That neighborhood kind of reminds me of Rochester. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Uh, so we have traveled a lot in 19 years. Can you think of, uh, like, what's some of the more interesting things that you've liked that we've traveled? Or what's some of the more interesting things that you can think of that we've done? Yeah, our, a couple highlights. Probably Disney Cruise is one of my favorites. We've done two two three two two of those um and washington dc was a huge highlight scott and i really love um i love being on the water but i love like we're not beach people we're not like let's go lay on the beach for 24 hours that's just not who we are but we're we love to walk so anything walkable cities like I don't know. Washington D.C. was phenomenal. We it was literally, really the first time we traveled for real. In it our was too, so I think that, that plays a part. Definitely, and our kids were young; they were two and three. Not quite two because we didn't have two. to pay for a flight. I still remember that. Yeah, so walking through, like exploring cities, is one of our favorite things. And then just being on the water. We're actually, um, I'm looking forward. We're going to a tr- uh, Annapolis in the beginning of June, and I'm looking forward to that trip. Being right on the water in the city, like kind of the best of both worlds for us. That would be, yeah, my favorite. And then I don't, I mean, I love, every, I love traveling. I love going anywhere. I'm the one who's constantly like, can we go up north? Can we go, can we do this? Can we do that? I just love to explore and I love traveling with our kids. It's one of my favorite things to do as a family. We have, since we have a nine-year-old and a 17-year-old girl and boy, that can be difficult to find things where everybody enjoys what they're doing. So traveling lends to that pretty easily. Now, we have traveled almost exclusively always as a family. And we've prioritized that. I know a lot of people travel differently than that. But there's one specific trip that we didn't take with our family. It was just you and I. And we went to, we went to the Monterey Peninsula in California. We stayed at Pebble Beach. 
I played golf twice. We shopped. We ate at great restaurants. I got a new ring. You did get a new ring. It was such a cool experience. And I loved, even looking back on it, I loved the golf piece of it. But I think the reason I love the golf piece is had you been off doing something else and I was playing golf, I don't think I would have loved it as much. But Jamie rode in the cart both times and hung out with me and walked. And it was like, so I walked the whole course. Jamie rode in the cart with the caddy. I was going to say, I really hung out with the caddy the whole time. Well, no, you hung out with me too. No, they were great. It was um, just a super cool experience. And it was one of the things where I don't get to go play baseball at Target Field or, you know, and, you know, I don't know, any, any famous park. I can't go play hockey at Excel or one of these famous hockey places. But you can, in a few places, play golf at where some of the most prestigious people in history have played golf. And one of the fun things about our caddy was he was pointing out, well, so-and-so owns this house, and Bing Crosby owned this house. And that house was used to be Oprah's, and now it's Gene Hackman's. And I think since then it's been sold. I think that was the house on, I think that was 9 Green, but anyway, or 10 Green. Anyway, uh, he had asked us, this still sticks out in my brain because I told this story, I think, on Monday. The caddy goes, oh, there's an acre lot over there for sale. How much do you think it is? And this is in 2015 or 2016 or 2017. I don't know, a while ago. And we're like, I don't know, $3 million, $5 million. We had no idea. And I think the number that it sold for was $25 million. Do you remember that? No, I do not. And it was the only lot available on Pebble Beach. And there's not very many of them, obviously. We saw Jim Nance's house, and he has a golf course in the backyard. And I don't know, it was just neat. Uh, but that was one of the only times we've traveled separately, just you and I. And it was awesome. I loved that trip. It was awesome. So any other just highlights looking back? Is there anything else? Uh, one of the things you've done is you've had a lot of jobs in our marriage. You have had a lot of, we've lived a lot of places. We've had a lot of different cars. We've had a lot of different everythings. We've gone to a lot of different churches because of that. Anything else you want to look at as highlights of the last 19 years and, I don't know, four days or whatever it is at this point? <laughs> now we're counting days. Um yeah, I don't know. I Yeah, I can't think of anything. I as we looked back even this year we talked a little bit on our anniversary about like the last 19 years and the things that are were I asked Scott for his favorite thing we did in 19 years and he was not having that question. He was like, "I cannot pick one thing." I don't like favorites. I like just even if you ask me my favorite music or food or all that, I hate that stuff. Well, I have favorites, but um, the, the, I think the overarching thought that we both got to was just that we're loving the season we're in right now, and I don't know if it's just that, like, the more that I work on myself and the more that I dig through my story, I'm learning to be more present and to love what's right in front of me. So I think... I think I'm looking forward to actually like what's unfolding in our in our life and in our family right now and in the next couple of years and watching our kids kind of chase crazy dreams and super exciting things and watching them become adults is it's just it's been one of my highlights and I'm just like trying to soak up today and not really look back with any sense of regret or look forward with a sense of someday it'll be better because of just like living in the moment and loving it right now. It would have been really easy. I think about things like you talk about living in regret. You know how easy it would have been to not start a podcast? It would have been much easier to not start a podcast than start a podcast. 
as just an encouragement in life, I would just say, do the thing. Like, just try it. Like, one of my favorite experiences, I was fortunate I got to play in a band in college and afterwards, and a lot of people just don't do the things they want to do. And I was not a particularly good musician or anything, but I just loved my friends and loved hanging out. That's mostly where you fall in love with me. Um, I am really proud of the skateboard company we own. I'm proud of my practice and the hard work we put into that. Like, I'm proud of those things, but I think sometimes people don't take those little risks. I'm, I'm just, I would encourage people to do that. And then, Jim, would you tell people what you got for us for our anniversary? Yeah. I will just reiterate that. Always take the risk. I've been the one typically to say, let's, let's try this. It'll be great, and this is why. And I usually have to convince Scott of, its, of, of why it'll be great, but he almost always can get on board and reluctantly or eventually will. Well, it goes back to the Joe Anderson advice. Do you remember what that was? I don't. Well, Joe always told us, like, I remember, uh, I think I had just gotten let go of my job, and we had been married not very long, less than two years. Nixon and, was six weeks old. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's... We had a newborn. Yeah, but what does that mean? Uh, probably two yeah. years, right? Uh, and he said, he, we were talking about trying new things or whatever, and he's like, you can do anything for six months. Like, just try it. Yep. And if you hate it, you do something else. Like, you, I feel like so often we're trying to make decisions, and we feel like it's a forever decision, and let's just make the decision for the next six months and see what happens from there. Yeah. What was your question? What did we get? What did you get us for the anniversary? Um, I got us some nice pickleball rackets. Is that what you call them? Yeah. Paddle. 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 Pickleball paddles. When you say nice, I just need to back up for one second. When we were in Shields a couple days ago, I didn't know. I mean, I guess there's always expensive versions of everything, but like the cheapest Paddle at Shields like $140. Which is what I wanted to spend. Of course it is. But I didn't. No. Because the ones I wanted were even cuter than the ones I got. And literally the only reason I bought them is because they're cute. I have no idea if they're good. I think they've been fine. And they also have nice like covers. covers. Yeah. I knew you liked that. They're cute. So I like them. What is, let's see, mine's orange stripes and yours is green checkers. Is that what it is? Yes. And so what did we do for our anniversary then? We played pickleball with our son and his buddy. Yeah. And it was great. It was really great. And we, I mean, we went out to dinner, just the two of us, we did. the night before at one of our favorite local places. Shout and out then Blue Duck. We, we also are spending three days together in Annapolis. Our son, we're escorting our son to a summer seminar at the U.S. Naval Academy, and then we'll be leaving him, and he'll be flying home alone for the first time. So big... I- Things on the horizon. We say the word Annapolis different. What did I just say? Annapolis. Like Annapolis? you really emphasize the Annapolis? an part. Annapolis. Yeah. I don't know. I actually, I actually hate the word. I don't know how to say <laughs> it, obviously. So we played pickleball for like an hour and a half with two teenage boys, and we held our own pretty well. I mean, we won two out of the five games. I thought that was pretty good. Pretty good. I'm, I'm happy with our pickleball skill overall. I was really proud of you. I thought you played great. I liked when I got really good shots and could just like yell at taunt the kids our son and his friend yeah our son is irrationally confident like every almost every teenage boy and his friends even more irrationally (laughs) irrationally confident so it was pretty excellent it was fun i don't think they liked it when the mom and dad were beating them but we had our moments i think we would have had a little longer i think we could have beat them more i think we were getting i don't know we were getting tired because we're old we We literally were like at 7 30 that night both of us are like we're so tired sunday's a long day anyway though um, anyway, uh, cheers to 19 years, Jay. Cheers. 
19 more and then maybe 19 more after that. How's that? Let's go. I like it. Someone just shared that their grandparents, one of our friends, their grandparents have been married for 65 years. And I was like, goals. Not many people get there. It's true. I like it. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with uh, some amazing music intro. Oh, no, no. no. We got something else first. Uh, We're going to have our money minute is next. And then we're going to have Jamie's amazing singing voice. Cue us into my favorite segment of the podcast. Stupid fight of the week. All right, so we're going to go right into our money minute of the week. And we had an experience this week that stuck out to me. And this has actually happened in our marriage a few different times, which is we both have different strengths when it comes to, like, managing things in general. And one of the things, one of your largest strengths is administration, right, and organization and all those things. You do a phenomenal job at that. And those are maybe my least strength moments in my entire, you know, they're just could not be further from strengths for me. And so one of the things is when we manage our money, usually I do, I think for most of our marriage, you've had seasons really early on that I think you did paid all the bills and all that stuff, but I pay pretty much everything. I, I, I like initiate the payments to something or I do a lot of that stuff. But we had a conversation this week and um, just kind of trying to simplify our life a little bit. And so maybe speak to that just a little bit. Yeah, I think I, so I've been on a journey of minimalism or just, I think simplifying our life is probably a better way to say that, but because I wouldn't call us minimalists. Um, So I try to stay out of our finances, honestly, because it just stresses me out. Like I don't, I don't like numbers. I don't like owing people things. I don't, I just, I don't like anything about finances. I don't want to deal with finances. I don't want to think about them. So I, largely stay out of our financial world minus spending the money. I like to do True. that. True. But I was looking at my credit card this week and I was just like, there's, you know, all this stuff on it. And I was, I have a Apple card that's just been sitting open that we don't even use. And I just was like, I'm tired of all the credit cards. Like we don't even have credit card debt. We don't keep credit card debt. We don't, I don't want credit cards anymore. So why are all these cards just sitting here open? And it's usually the answer is it ruins our credit if we close the credit card. And I'm just like, I'm over it. I don't care. We're going to close the credit cards. We're going to simplify. We're going to, we have, you know, an American Airlines card for baggage. We have a Delta card for baggage. Like we just have all these cards because, you know, they make you get a card to not get, incur all their fees and, and then I have a Costco card and anyways, so, but again, we, you know, are largely not using them and they're just sitting there. And so I, I just want them gone. I don't want to think about them. I don't want to have to organize or administrate them. And it's just been, um, something that we've together have just need to, you know, sort out. And then we have Edward Jones accounts and we have uh, credit union accounts and we have another bank account. And it's just like so much to think about and manage. And it's, we've just got to simplify. So for me, I don't know, I guess it's just the next step in our simplification of our lives and, you know, making room for the things that, that we're called to do and making room for, for what, what we want to pursue in life and the things that, that we love to do. And yeah, I think managing 
more things always costs energy. And I think that's one thing that we're like trying to focus on in our own lives is like, where do we want to put our energy? Where do we want to put our resources? Where do we want to? And to me, it's not in making sure that, you know, this card is paid and that card is paid and, oh, we forgot to pay this card or we forgot to, you know, it's just like things just slip through the cracks and there's just like so much going on. And if we can just simplify and it gives us our own time back and our own energy back and our own resources and can just be better managed. It's something that we've, we've really wanted to focus on, on the debt piece. And even on like, you know, in the last few weeks, as Scott read, it was the 4,000 hours book, right? That you mentioned before. Yeah. I've mentioned a bunch, but that's not where the debt conversation came from. Oh, where did that one come from? That's from a, like an advanced training I'm taking for this kingdom advisor thing. Yeah, so we've just been talking a lot. He's He's been deep diving into some training for work, and we've just been talking a lot about debt. And I've always wanted to be out of debt, and Scott's always had sort of a, not that he doesn't want to be out of debt. Kind Just yeah. more indifferent about yeah. it. Just like, it's fine. It's, you know, if it has 0% interest, who cares? Right. Like, And I'm just like, it's just energy expenditure for me. It's like, I've learned in the last couple of years that I only have so much energy yeah. to give. And so my life is probably a lot slower than most people's because otherwise I get overwhelmed and the anxiety kicks in. And so to manage my anxiety, one of the things I have to do is simplify Mm -hmm. and minimize things and and keep my energy for the things that are important to me. Otherwise, I'm no good. And everyone can see in those moments where like I've done too much or my energy is just depleted. That's good the anxiety kicks in or I'm annoyed or frustrated or tired or whatever. And so I've just, I know that for us personally, because Scott doesn't like to administrate and I don't want to deal with it. um, It's just easier for us if we simplify and, and make the priority, the, you know, managing what we have and in as simple a way as possible. Well, and you spoke to someone else and we don't have to elaborate on this and we can be done here a second, but you have a stronger feeling against debt than I have. I have a stronger feeling towards saving than you do. We both spend plenty, but you are probably a stronger save or stronger, stronger spender. Absolutely. Like we are kind of two sides of a coin in a lot of ways. And so I think in some marriages, we just like all this falls on one person. And I feel like maybe the best way to move forward is to do it together or to have some work together. If they use the resource of the other person who sees the world differently, why not? It's good. Cue that music. Stupid fight of the week. All right. So stupid fight of the week. You know, what's great. Uh, this, I didn't see this coming to be totally honest. We had to really dig deep to try to find, like we didn't have any real fight moments this week and there was nothing kind of even like, not even like serious, not funny, not really anything. But there is a really good example of where I was trying really hard in one area to try to make sure something went well and I failed in another area, which worked out perfect. So uh, Jamie really values birthdays and Jamie values cards and people saying kind things. And so you even said in the podcast a couple weeks ago, how nice it was that the kids had said some really kind things to you in these cards. And so what I did is more than ever before, ahead of time, really planned it out. 
I went and got cards for all of our kids to give you that were really specific from them. It was perfect for them for Mother's Day and for your birthday. And then I got an anniversary card. And I didn't want to mix them up and I didn't want things. So I had like these three stacks of cards and I worked all this out. Well, what happened was I took care of the kids really well and then I forgot my anniversary card at my office. And so Sunday, our anniversary rolls around and I'm like, oh crap. I saw your card as you set it out. We always exchange cards. Uh, usually, is it Papyrus? Is that the brand? Mm-hmm. I think. We'd, like, since we've had, I mean, we've had no money the majority of our marriage. We still found a way to pay like $12 for greeting cards because, I don't know, it's just something we've always done. And that gold bird, is it a hummingbird? Yes. I love hummingbirds. Your favorite. Gold hummingbird sticker. And so uh, Jamie had this Papyrus stick, this card out, and I'm like, oh, crap. I'm almost sure I left it in my office, so I did. So Jamie got our anniversary card two days, two days late because I couldn't get it on a Sunday. My office is like an hour from our house. Uh, I couldn't get it on a Sunday, and I didn't go to the office on Monday. So she got it yesterday. Fail. Fail. <laughs> yeah, I was, just to, you know, full disclosure, I was running around on Saturday because, you know, I don't go to Target twice a week and... Literally every time, oh, I should grab an anniversary card. I'll do it another time. Oh, I should grab an anniversary card. I'll do it another time. Like every time I went. So anyways, I ran around. I remembered seeing a display somewhere of those cards, and I wanted to go there because I thought they might have a different selection. Mm -hmm. And I forgot where it was. And so Saturday I took um, our middle daughter and a couple of her friends, and I was like, I think it's at this boutique let's go so we went to this boutique not there and then I remembered where I saw it and was it flowers by Jerry that you saw where was it no it's um in the galleria I can't remember the name of the oh I love that you call it the galleria nobody calls it that anymore it makes me so happy well that's what you call it I I don't know know because it it was the galleria for like when it opened but now they've renamed it and now it's like shops at the University of Minnesota or whatever well I didn't get there and I finally did go to Target on on our anniversary morning before church did you really (laughs) oh okay good I'm feeling not nearly as you should still feel bad you got a card on your anniversary and I didn't I know but one of us goes to church a little earlier than the other one barely well that's true I didn't have time to go to Target, that's for sure. It opens at 7. You would have had plenty oh, of time. does it really? Yep. Um, also, can I just say that he just said that he picked out the cards for our kids, which is comical. I'm like, oh, wow, our kids can't even pick out a card. Like, very sentimental. If they hadn't have written such amazing things in the cards, I probably would have been mad about it. But they wrote their own words, yes, which, which was more important. But 100%. it was very cute when they... We're like, dad did a really good job picking out this card. I was like, what? I don't know why they gave me credit. Like, if they would have shut up, nobody would have known and they could have. Like, yeah, definitely keep it a no, secret. No, no, like, it wasn't like they like drew attention to it. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I got cards that were perfect. Like, my, my son thinks he's, you know, he, they're, both our kids basically gave you cards. Both our older two gave you a card for either your Mother's Day or their birth, your birthday saying, we're amazing. Thanks for raising us, which they both feel that way. <laughs> And so it just, I picked out perfect cards. They were all great for them, but I didn't really need any credit for it. And they, but I'm, I really stressed to them to be thoughtful and share with you. They, so. they definitely redeemed you picking out the cards with their actual words. Jamie, congratulations on another fantastic, amazing podcast. You <laughs> killed it again. Way to go. Wow. Amazing. And uh, You're I like think, the kids. Should we try it again next week? Let's do it. Thanks again for listening in as we unpack our stories. 
Our prayer is that they give you a greater hope and a glimpse of the God of the impossible. Shout out to Lemon Music Studio for letting us use your incredible song. See you next week.